0: This morning, as we celebrate the Christmas season, uh, this year has been this crazy, unprecedented year. And I'm sure you guys have heard or heard that phrase before, an unprecedented year. But I know God is, is doing something in the church and, and through us as his people during this time. I've enjoyed my time with you guys this year, and, and I'm looking forward to 2021 uh, with an expectant and confident hope that God will come and meet us, renew and revive the church so that the church can can be the salt and light to this world that we live in. Uh, So before we begin our Christmas message, let's go to God in prayer. God, our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this season, that in this season we are reminded of the birth of Jesus Christ, the one who has come to save and redeem us from our sins, the one who has reconciled us to you, a Holy Father. So Lord, we thank you uh, for the power of your spirit working in and through us. We pray that you continue to uphold and uplift the people at home of christ for so that we can continue to grow in in our knowledge of you and our love for one another we pray this in jesus name amen you and i are always putting our hope in something if you listen to yourself or listen in on conversations uh, we as humans we communicate with the language of hope all the time from young kids I hear all the time at church, I, I hope I can have a play date today and, and I don't have to go to the library. Or I hope I, I get a cool Christmas gift. I hope there's candy in, in middle school class. I hope I don't have to eat my vegetables. I hope I can hang out with my friends. And from the youth kids, it's it's no different. I hope when I get home, there's something to eat. I hope school finishes early today. I hope I get good grades. i get into my dream college. I hope I can live up to my parents' expectations. I hope I can find the right boyfriend or girlfriend in the future. From young adults, I hope the weather gets good so I can go to the beach with my friends. I hope I don't get too much work from my my bosses. I hope I don't get sick. I hope I don't get COVID. I hope I make the right investment. I hope I can buy my first home. Uh, Even from adults, I hope my children succeed and live a good life. I hope my wife allows me to eat more during this Christmas season. I hope she doesn't nag me. I hope my husband grows up. Um, 2020, I think we've used this word hope a lot. I hope I don't get COVID. I hope lockdown won't be long. I hope my family members are doing okay. I hope I can go back to church. I hope I can be with my family during this Christmas season. We use the word hope all the time in all different situations and contexts. The language of hope is on our lips so much. And I think that's because we live in a world where hope often seems so short-lived. You see, the reality in our lives, in our work, in our families, in our own personal lives, we all deal with so much broken hope. At the beginning of this year, when... um, COVID started to hit our church at Home of Christ in Menlo Park. We uh, go out to feed the homeless in East Palo Alto. I came across an elderly man who's pretty much given up on all hope in life. And you could see it in his eyes and in his expressions that he has lost all hope. And as we started to exchange stories, some personal stories, I could sense how hopeless he felt. He was telling me about his children having conflict with one another, him not being, not able to find a permanent place for him and his wife to stay having multiple setbacks and and uh in his business he was telling me he feels a sense of hopelessness from all the situations in his life and i was listening to this man i later reflected and i was thinking to myself to some extent we are actually no different to this man though we may not be homeless Or in a homeless shelter in East Palo Alto. And we have somewhere to celebrate for Christmas. But our hopes in our own personal lives are often short-lived or shattered in this broken world that we live in. You see, we have all experienced to some varying degree disappointment, setback, and a sense of hopelessness in our own situations. I'm sure many of you have experienced that to some extent this year. Maybe not being able to graduate in person, attend that wedding, funeral maybe, not even be able to visit your loved ones. You see, you and I, we don't get surprised anymore when the thing in which we willingly place our hope fails us. And in fact, we often get to this place where we feel numb or even afraid to hope anymore. And as we experience more of life, we actually become more careful in the things we hope for. Because we know from experience that a lot of the times, the things that don't turn out the way we hope for. You see, throughout the history of humanity, we see generations living without hope. We don't need to look far. Just look at the wars that have happened throughout time. Generations from generations were living without hope. Even now in the 21st century, with so much new technology, new studies, new advancements, it's fair to say that we are also living in a state of hopelessness. You see, even though you and I are not fighting in wars or experiencing the Great Depression like our ancestors, we in this modern era constantly still worry about things like terrorism, climate change, invasion of privacy, next financial recession. COVID-19, with all the bad stuff happening around us and all the news, it's difficult to have hope now and for our future. You know, recently I came across a study that suicide rates have increased by 30% in the United States between the year 2000 to 2016. And it affects every racial and gender category. One Harvard professor by the name of James Jackson Putnam, he hits the nail on the head by stating that the reason for this increase and spike of suicide is due to a sense of hopelessness about the future. And so I believe what we need as hope-created oriented creatures is not just a sense of hopefulness or having a super optimistic personality. The kind of hope that we need in this world that we live in is something much deeper. And so it's my conviction that it's a time for us, especially during this season, to revisit and reintroduce to some of you the very first time a baby called Jesus and how he's the hope for humanity. So before the reading by Tommy in Matthew 1, chapter 18, verse 25, I'm just going to read it out again in the NIV version. It says this, Now, I don't know about you, but if you're reading this for the very first time, some of you are probably thinking at this point, how does one possibly get pregnant through the Holy Spirit? That's pretty weird. That's pretty crazy stuff. An angel of the Lord appears in a dream, and this baby already has such a huge task laid upon him, even before he can crawl, walk. It seems a bit unfair or even a bit odd. Now, there's a lot we could focus here on this passage, but I want to focus in specifically this morning on the meaning and significance of the birth of Jesus and the hope that he brings. So bear with me for a second, and hopefully you understand that just as I explain the meaning behind Jesus' birth. You see, two names are given to this baby by the angel that's sent from God. First, his name, they will call him Emmanuel. In verse 23, they had to name him Jesus. You see, the name Emmanuel tells us who he is, which means God with us. And the name Jesus tells us what he will do. He will save his people from their sins. So from the very outset, we see who he is and what he will do. Now, this is very unique. Not every baby that pops out will get this huge task of saving people or having this name called God with us. I mean, I recently, um, recently my parents, they dug up some baby photos of me when I first popped out of my mom's stomach. My dad was telling me and he was recalling this event and he was saying, Ben, you were this ugly baby. You know, we didn't know what to do with you. Uh, we didn't know what to name you. We wanted to name you a monkey. If anything, I was so ugly, I would say I was probably the exact opposite of Emmanuel. It was like God departed from this baby. A- and the opposite of Jesus, right? Instead of saving people, people needed saving from my ugliness. So, so what sets baby Jesus apart from all the other babies that were popping out in that era? Well, the Bible teaches us that God has now come down and he's revealed himself through the incarnation of baby Jesus. Now, some of you might wonder or ask, well, Ben, why is this so important? What has this got to do with me? You see, in the historical context of the passage in Matthew, there was a people group who who we know as the Israelites, and their situation and circumstances in life was anything but hopeful throughout the history of the Israelites and many of you know the people of Israel they suffered greatly but because of their both because of their sin and because of their oppression by others their land was frequently overrun by foreign powers they suffered slavery in egypt endured the troubles of exile they also suffered the oppression and troubles from the roman empire and in short These were a people in desperate need of support and comfort and hope. Not only that, at the time of Jesus' birth, the people of Israel were under the rule and governance of the Roman Empire. They were being oppressed under the heavy burden of the tyranny of Rome. Every day would have been a great struggle for them to get by. Now imagine this. It's like us living in the United States and every day uh, a foreign power overruling us, telling us what to do the Israelites, they would have had to worry constantly about their finances, their safety, their future. The people would have lost all hope to all that was happening around them. So you can imagine if you were in this context, you would have longed for this sort of superhero to come and deliver you and your family out of this tyranny. If only a superhero would come or a great king from another country will come and deliver us from this oppression and solve all the problems that we have as a nation. For them, they needed a great king to come and deliver and destroy uh, them from the Roman Empire. But now enters the story of baby Jesus. This angel from the Lord appears to this man, Joseph, and informs him who this baby will be and what he will do. Now, this is highly significant. Why? Well, at this point in history, as I said before, the Israelites were losing all hope. What's next for the people of Israel? What's their future going to look like? How will they continue to be a people group being constantly oppressed and persecuted? Well, God's answer was to address this from a different standpoint. In the least unexpected way, the birth of Jesus was not going to be a revolt or warfare on the Roman Empire, but rather the coming of Jesus was going to be a spiritual rule. You see, when Jesus entered into the scene, he didn't come with any political or economic strength. Jesus came so that people will be saved from their sins and to reveal to the people of Israel that God was going to be with them. Now you might ask, well, why would God act in this manner? Why not just come and destroy the Roman Empire and overturn their power? Case solved. But rather, Jesus was born in a lowly major. Why was this God's great plan? Well, you see, What baby Jesus would bring is not an overturning government, but what Jesus would bring is rescue, comfort, and hope for his people. Because what the people truly needed was salvation, the forgiveness of sin, and being made right with a holy and just God. And God does this through humility, being born in a manger next to some dirty animals. His coming was with humility. Why? He came to relate to you and I. He didn't come with might or power equipped with weapons to physically liberate Israel from its enemies, but he came to have a relationship with you and I by removing this alienation and separation that humanity has from God, which sin has created. You see, friends, this is what all of humanity needs. Being saved from our brokenness, the problems that we have faced throughout all of human history are caused by no other than ourselves, by us humans. Ever since the first humans, Adam and Eve, departed uh, from God, they ate from the tree, mankind was already separated from God. All of humanity has been wandering in this wilderness, slaves to the desires of our own flesh. We have been broken in every sense. That's why there's so much confusion and hate in this world. It's due to our brokenness. That's why you and I need a creator to come and fix this problem that we have. So 2,000 years ago, God in his great plan of redemption came down in the person of Jesus Christ to rescue humanity from their brokenness and bridge that gap back to God himself. You see, God wouldn't just leave us in this world full of evil and brokenness. He wasn't just going to leave us in a world with no hope. Even though it was us humans who broke his original plan, which was for mankind to dwell with him in paradise, his mercy, his grace was to come to us and save us. That's why John uh, 3.16 summarizes up God's big plan of redemption. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. In that baby Jesus, all the hopes of Israel and the hope for all of humanity is found. And you may ask, what did Jesus do? Did he accomplish this task? Of course he did. It's recorded in his word. And by countless of eyewitnesses throughout the gospels that he came to die for our sins and was resurrected on the third day. And through that significant action, it will satisfy God's judgment and bring about peace and reconciliation between God and man. The bridge between God and man has now been filled because of the work of Christ Jesus. Because of him, you and I are able to live in this new life here on earth and fight the temptations of sin and the desires of our flesh that's the gospel message that is the good news and not only that in the new testament in the book of titus the apostle paul he writes in titus chapter 2 verse 11 to 14 he writes this for the grace of god has appeared that offers salvation to all people it teaches us to us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in the present age while we wait for the blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great god and savior jesus christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good us christians we believe this hope has come in the person of Jesus Christ. And not only that, no matter what suffering, hardship or persecution or turmoil we have faced in this life because of evilness and brokenness, the Bible tells us that we have a blessed hope in the future because Jesus will come again and redeem and save his people once again. So for us Christians, we we believe by faith, that the word of God has been revealed to us through the Bible and that his promises stated here are true and one day will come to ultimate fulfillment when Jesus comes again. So we believe not only God has appeared to us through the baby Jesus, but one day Jesus will come again as a reigning king to come and redeem us from this broken world that we live in to be by his side for all of eternity. Every pain you face, every death you witness or you read about in the news, every inner turmoil that you experience, one day will all be gone when we are restored into the presence of our Creator. That's the message of the Christian faith. That's the reason why we gather during this season. That's the reason why we sing the songs. That's the reason why we set apart every Sunday mornings to listen and worship to God. Here's the reason for the season. And for those of you who have already placed your faith and hope in Jesus, I want to remind you again this morning three things. First is this, whatever you have experienced in 2020, whatever hardships you have gone through, whatever hardships this nation has gone through, place your hope not on the things around you, things that will ultimately fade away, but place your hope in the person of Jesus Christ. You see, in 2020, we have witnessed and experienced that the kingdom that we have built for ourselves will not endure. COVID-19 has totally turned everything upside down. The thing that will endure, the thing that will never fade away is the person of Jesus Christ. You see, if you go on a walk to a park, you see the beautiful plants around you, its color, its aroma. The reality is one day it will fade away. Even the people that you celebrate, celebrate Christmas with this season, your cousins, your friends, your family, can't be the source of hope either because if you know them well, they are needy, they are broken just like you. Even our holidays can't deliver After a two-week break from school, students, you go back to the grind. For those of you who work, you get probably a couple days off. You take a short break. But when the season's over, we all return to the realities of the world that we live in. We all go back to the grind. Everything in this world will fade away ultimately. But the thing that will not fade away is the person of Jesus Christ. Second point. This future hope in Jesus is not something only distant, but this hope in Jesus, this future hope, can give you present help. You know, one of the beautiful things about Christmas story is that it doesn't just offer us past forgiveness for all the things that we have done, but it gives us a future hope. Everything that we need right here, right now, You see, Jesus came so that you and I would have everything that we need to fight the discouraging battle with private sin. Every time we lock ourselves up in the room, we think the thoughts that we shouldn't be thinking, we look at the things that we shouldn't be looking at. Jesus came so that we have the power to fight these private sins. Jesus came so that our relationships with our spouses or with our siblings can be restored. Jesus came so that we can have the right attitude and right relationship with those around us at church. The hope of Jesus is not only something so distant, but the hope of Jesus gives us present help for the realities that we are in right now. Third point. if any of you who are listening have not placed your hope in Jesus, I want you to consider Jesus. Consider what he has done for you. Consider the good news of you being reconciled and finding that eternal joy and satisfaction in the person of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been tuning in for a long time. Maybe you've been coming to church for a long time. You've grown up at church, but you've never really placed your faith in the person of Jesus Christ, I want to urge you this morning to consider Jesus, to give your life to Jesus, and to start following Jesus. For he brings us hope now and for all of eternity. For those of you who have already placed your faith in Jesus, I want you this Christmas season to share that hope with someone around you. Hey, it could be even buying someone food, sharing someone the love of Jesus through buying them food or a Christmas card. It could be sharing the good news that, hey, there is forgiveness and there is love in Jesus Christ. It could be taking that extra step in loving that family member who's just so unlovable. This Christmas season, I want to encourage you to share the Christmas hope with someone else. I want to finish off with a story of hope found in the Old Testament. Now, the reason why I want to finish with this specific story is because as I look around us, the context that we are in, in Silicon Valley, Even though we are one of the most advanced and richest cities in the world, but through many conversations that I've had with people here in the Bay Area, a lot of people feel lonely, anxious, and depressed. Many of you, many people I know here in the Bay Area, have lost all hope in regards to the future. So I want to encourage you today with a psalms from the Old Testament. That describes the feelings and emotions of a certain writer. And he he writes about his certain his circumstances in his own life. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms 42. Psalms 42. I'll give you some time to turn to that. Psalms 42. As a deer paints for the water brooks, so my soul paints for you, O God. You see, it starts with these strong words. The writer has this yearning soul for God, this great longing for God. It sounds joyful. Now, without reading further into the Psalms, it sounds as if everything is okay with the sky. But it's not, because verse 3, he says this. My tears have been my food day and night. My tears have been my food day and night. Now get this, this person, this writer has gone through some sort of pain or agony in his life. So much so to the extent that he describes that his tears have become his new diet. Now we can imagine this guy, he's probably experiencing some sort of suffering or hopelessness and despair. As the writer pens his thumb, it's very obvious to us that he's depressed or greatly discouraged. Yet if we read on into verse 8, he says this, but by day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. You see, though God has not done it yet, the writer is fully confident that God one day will do it. So the writer talks to himself. He writes to himself. He musters up in his spirit. In a sense, he preaches to himself. He journals about his faith in God. Now, you see, there are times in our life when life crumbles around us. Our friends, our family might not be nearby. We struggle with depression, with private sin, anxieties. No one around us can understand or help us, and we're in this space of loneliness. but we can draw encouragement from this psalm because in this psalm, the writer rallies his spirit, lifts his soul up, looks to God for hope, and he looks to himself and writes to himself, whatever present situation he is in, instead of complaining, he chooses to praise God and place his hope in God. In verse 11 of Psalms 42, he writes, He writes, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. You see, the writer doesn't deny his pain or avoid his pain, but rather he addresses his pain and suffering and tells himself what to do. The thing that you and I need most is that we need to preach to ourselves. We need to look in the mirror and speak to ourselves God's truth. Encourage ourselves with God God's word. Remind ourselves of God's past faithfulness and his future promise because he is a God of hope. He is a source of hope and our supplier of hope. What changed this writer's feeling of hopelessness and discouragement is that he has decided intentionally to look in a different direction. He looked at what God was going to do, and he trusted that God will accomplish his promise once again. Friends, this Christmas, put your hope in Jesus Christ. His promise, his word, those who hope in me will not be disappointed. Now, I don't know what current situation you find yourselves in, Maybe you're facing some sort of despair because of COVID-19. Overwhelmed at what has happened this whole year. You read the news, 3,000 people dying daily because of COVID. Maybe you have seen something on the news and you've lost all hope in humanity. Maybe your friends, the government. Hope in God. Place your hope in something that is more solid, something that is more concrete and something that will never disappoint, and that is the person of Jesus. Jesus is the hope for this season. He is the one that will never fade away. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the hope in the person of Jesus Christ that 2,000 years ago, he has come to redeem and to save us. He has come to reconcile us to you, a holy and just God. Help us, O God, to rely on you, that no matter what our life circumstances throw at us, we are able to preach to ourselves the hope that is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for those who have not yet placed their hope in you, that today will be the day that they fully trust in who you are and the hope that you have brought to all of humanity the love and forgiveness, mercy and grace in a person of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the work that you have done on the cross. We thank you for the resurrection. And we thank you that one day we were able to meet you face to face when you come and redeem us once again. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.